I'm Brandy. And I'm Tori. And we want to welcome you to Fiction Therapy, where real-life mental health professionals slash fantasy enthusiasts unpack, analyze, and fangirl about our favorite books. We dive deep into the characters, adventures, and romances that make them amazing reads. We hope you have as much fun listening as we do talking about them, and maybe see things from new perspectives. Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. We were in the summer court trying to get the half of the book. Yes. So before we launch into that, a few disclaimers. I'm sure you're used to this by now and can probably guess what we're going to say. So if you do, you're welcome to skip ahead. There are some timestamps to show you where to go. Just a reminder, this podcast was designed for fans of the books and we are planning to discuss a lot of different things. It's not a review of the plot or even a synopsis. We include spoilers. Spoilers from future books. As in, if you haven't read the books that we are covering, even all of the books in the series, you're probably going to be spoiled on one thing or another. So we are going to talk about a lot of different content. Because of this, we want you to just be aware of who's around when you're listening to the podcast. We discuss the following topics during the episode. Trauma of various types, relationship abuse, sex, PTSD, and toxic romantic relationships. Lastly, we just want you to know that these are our own thoughts and opinions. We know that there are a lot of varying opinions on Sarah J. Moss's characters and stories. This is meant to be an open discussion between Brandy and myself. We know that others will have opposing opinions or different perspectives. We don't expect you to agree with everything we say, and we actually hope that something in the discussion spurs deeper thought or more conversation about an idea or the story. All right. Amen. Okay. <laughs> we have started, and so we are in the summer court. Yeah, we're flirting with Tarquin. Flirting with Tarquin. Tarquin Reese is jealous. We just had a real sweet moment between Reese and Feyre. And then I think she's kind of wandering the palace one day, and she looks out and sees that little hut. Like, on the edge of the shore. And yeah. she feels, like, a sense, like, a drawing to it. And she's like, there's the book. Yeah. She's like, it's in that hut. When she tests it, she's there at breakfast or lunch or dinner there at one of the meals. And she's like, hey, what's in that hut? And then, like, Tarquin, Varian, and Cressida are all like, uh, uh, why'd she ask about the hut? Why are you asking about that? Speaking of Varian, I feel like right. we haven't talked about him enough. We did not say anything about Varian and so, at this point, you don't really know there is a Varian and Amarin, but I remember reading back through this, and it's like, Varian and Amarin are just glaring at each other from across the room the entire time, and you can't tell if they hate each other or if they really want to um, mm. be together. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, they definitely did it. Some tension there. Yeah. But they also hate each other. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, I think Farah asks Amarin, what's going on and Amran says he can't decide if he wants me or if he wants to kill me and Farrah's like why can't it be both she tells Reese I'm pretty sure it's in this hut and she and Amran decide to go in it at night right yeah he's gonna like, like take care of the the guards yes so they go in and long story short it's a big old trap and it's a big danger and they're gonna drown they're gonna drown yeah even with Amran and Farah, they cannot get past this like door that's you know and the whole hut is filling with water and so the water wraith comes to help but before that we need to discuss oh one thing what do we need to discuss the fact that this is more of a comical moment the fact that Farah did not have confidence in Amran's running abilities so she literally puts Amran on her back oh that's right <laughs> She's like, Come She's here, like get on girl. my back. <laughs> you little tiny thing. I <laughs> love that. It was so cute. It was cute. But the water wraiths come out of nowhere and get them and take them to safety. And yeah. they say, My sister is yeah. paid. And Pharaoh's like, Huh. Didn't know there was a debt. Really glad that I was kind to that one water wraith in the spring court and yeah, gave her time. my earrings. Yeah. Those dangly earrings that she didn't like anyway. <laughs> and one's earrings. 
So they get out, and Reese gets to them and winnows them straight to the townhouse and dumps them on the carpet, and they're, like, wet and sandy, and they just start laughing. I, re- I remember loving this part, because I think it's the first time you see Amron laugh, mm-hmm. and they're just uncontrollably laughing, and Amron makes a statement about how Farah's humanness saved mm-hmm. them. Very you know, true. Her human heart is what got them out of this. Aww. Super cheesy. Love it. But it's really funny. Moment. But everybody's like, what is going on? <laughs> they're getting salt water all over the carpet and they're laughing. <laughs> the carpet. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then when they get back, you know, obviously they have the book now, the half of the book. and Which is crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a mean book too, remember? Cause it's, Which half is this? Is this the, the really loving creative one or no it's the hateful one the hateful one yeah it's mean to pharaoh oh yeah but it's in amran's language so she that's kind of like amran's new task is like all right now you're gonna like try to decode it um so then they get a package pretty soon like right after they get back yeah oh the blood rubies so tarquin sends these blood rubies as a way of saying Hey, I hate you, and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I wish, like, my mortal enemies would send me giant <laughs> jewels to express their hatred. I feel like I could benefit from that. And everyone's like, oh, he sent me rubies. Yes! <laughs> and at one point, Farrah walks into her apartment, and she's using it to hold down maps. Yeah. She's like, using as it a as a paperweight. But apparently, Varian also sent her a necklace to kind of soften the blow of the blood ruby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but this puts Reese in a real bad mood, so he's brooding on the roof. Because he wanted to be friends with Tarquin. And, yeah. Well, and I think he probably feels guilt for, like, putting Farah in danger that, like, now she has a blood ruby. Yeah. So he goes up to the roof to brood and drink, <laughs> as good men do, apparently. Yeah. And she goes up there and tries to pull him out of that mood, and he's not having it. He's like... Leave me alone. He's like, I'm allowed to be sad. Get away. And I think this is the first time she realizes how much of his time is spent pulling her out of those moods and mm-hmm. how he never gives up. He uses, whether it be flirting or, you know, distraction, he's always doing something to pull her out of that. So she tries that. Yeah. And then, like, it's a Thompson. real... It gets really kind of steamy. And then, like, Azrael lands on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, well, she's like, bro, read the room. Like, I, I know. <laughs> Azrael never reads the room. But she's like, I'm going to go buy some lingerie yes. for Tarquin. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you think he would think about that. And he's yeah. like, go ahead or whatever. I don't care. Yeah, but it's getting to be seen. I think he's about to play into her flirtiness and then Azrael lands. And everybody collectively is like, oh, my God. Tension. Really? Tension. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, I'm going to leave. Um, so she leaves. And she, this whole fantasy plays out in her head where she's going to this lingerie shop and she tries on red lingerie, red, and does not freak out about it. This is her moment. She's not having a traumatic reaction to the color red. It's beautiful. And equally as important, Reese is there. Yeah. (laughs) He's like you know, lean back in a chair watching her try these things Oh, and he dismisses everyone in the store. Oh, it's so, it's getting to be so steamy, and then she runs into a wall! Runs right into a wall. And also realizes that this fantasy did not come from her mind, that he sent it to her. And she, like, says through the bomb, like, oh my god, like, Like, stop. How could you do this? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not what she said, but it was something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And... It's pretty safe to assume she pulled him out of that funk Mm -hmm. since he was willing to send a very steamy Mm -hmm. uh, vision to her head. One that was apparently so steamy that she ran flat into the wall. Yeah. Imagine, like, that was kind of them sexting. Like, imagine imagine if that could happen in our world. Oh, that's terrible. Send your partner little images like that. Like, oh my god. That would not be a good thing. That would not be a good thing. How distracting in your real life. So, um, she's not, she's clearly not too mad about it. I remember in the book, she's telling more about it late that night. And more is mm-hmm. like, 
laughing her tail off about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that was also one of the first times we read about that she and Moore stayed up to like 2 a.m. just having girl talk. And yeah. this is the first time Vera ever had that. It's really sweet. Yes. But then she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And later that night, there's like a big, there's like scary noises and the house Kaboom. is shaking. And then she like opens her eyes and like the, her bedroom and the hallway and everything is like covered in darkness. And she's like, oh, what is happening? So she, like, runs to Reese's room, and he's having a big nightmare. Like, and he, doesn't he, like, grab her throat and pin well, her on the Well, first, bed? she crawls up in the bed. Yeah, to, like, Like, this is a good him. idea, obviously. <laughs> crawls up in the bed and starts shaking him while he's dead asleep. All this power's bursting out. Uh-huh. This is clearly not a hazard at all. He, like, pins her on the bed and starts, like, choking her out. Yes. And she's like, Reese, Reese. It's me. It's yeah. me. Finally, he wakes up. And he, yeah, he wakes up naked. Yeah. Naked is the day she realizes born. she's like, okay, he is in He the, is naked. But he's like kneeling on the bed and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like very like distraught and apologetic that he was like, you know, being really aggressive in that moment. And she's like, I want to paint this. Mm-hmm. And... We could laugh about that, but it really is a beautiful moment because she wants to paint. Yeah, and I think the descriptors are like, you know, this super powerful prince who's, you know, so sad. You know, he's experiencing nightmares, just like all of us regular people. Yeah. And then she asks him about his tattoos on his knees, which are the mountains and the stars. Just like that iconic thing that's all over the bookish stuff. Um, I love it. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Yes, you are. It's great. And he's like, I kneel for no one. But if you'll remember, he has already kneeled for Vera. For Vera before the weaver. Yes. We skipped over that. that. We did. He's like putting her knives on her. Very sexy moment when he's tightening the strap on her And you don't really think about it at the moment, but later he's like, did you enjoy that I was kneeling for you? I'm like, oh! Yeah. Great moment. I love that. So he's already been on his knees once for his mate. We don't know that yet, right? But yeah, so he has helped her through her nightmares, and in mm-hmm. this, she was able to actually help him through his. I think this is the first time we see a little affection too, because she kisses him on the cheek mm-hmm. before she goes back to bed. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's so sweet. So it's kind. so sweet. So time goes on, and she's training. Um, she's getting pretty good. She is, and th- this is where we get the kind of like montage of the inner circle of like how they're passing their time and Amran's trying to decode the book uh-huh. and they're waiting to hear from the mortal queens and they go out a couple of times and oh they go to Rita's yes but there's also a restaurant before Rita's where she says the food makes her feel alive yes that, that same music from the cell I can't remember what that was called but I love that she tells the the chef or the cook that she'd never had food mm-hmm. that made her just feel awake and alive. And I love that. It was lovely. And then she recognizes the music, and she's like, I've heard this before. And, and he's they... like, I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so sweet. Oh, and she says that she saw Valaris. And he says, well, I didn't send you that. And that's just foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. It's beautiful. So then they go out, and she has a good time at Rita's, which is kind of like, you know, a dance club bar situation, and she also, there's moments where we see her talking with Az, and where she's like, so a lot of people hit on Reese, right? You know, men and women, is so it's said, and then she's like, but no, he never takes anybody home, huh? And he's like, hmm. It, it said they, like, take bets on who will approach him. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah, it's like they were taking bets on who would have the bravery to approach him, and he always politely declines them. Right. So, Ferris taking note. Yeah. She already has been taking note, like, in the summer court and stuff, but she's continuing to do that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so, all this is going around, um, you know, Ferris training. She starts wearing wearing those Illyrian leathers, which is another part of the night court I'm really jealous of because I picture like buttery saw, I know, with and a leather like, jacket and pants. I'm like, I want one. I want some Illyrian leathers. But also, I I I picture the kind of like a tight vest, like oh, almost yeah. like a corset thing. Yeah, that like keeps you. You don't even need a sports bra, you know. That, that like, would be nice. I'd work you. out every day if I had those. 
Great. All you need is some lyrium leathers. Yeah. Um, so they do finally hear back from those queens, and the whole inner circle goes to the family's house this time. Um, the queens are jerks. They really are hateful. They're just jerks. They're like, they were super condescending to Vera. They talk about how bad Reese is, which in their defense, they think Reese is bad. Yeah, that's their point of view. And they're like, we're not giving you the other half of the book. If you show us some proof that you're not a terrible person, we'll think about it. Mm-hmm. So now they've got to figure out how to convince them that they're not terrible. That they're not terrible. So what do they need to get? A magical object. A magical object from the Court of Nightmares, which is the mm-hmm. third and final place that they have not visited. Wait, they haven't visited the Illyrian camps either. No. And this is also when you find out a little bit of history about the war. Yes. You find out about, like, Miriam and Draken, mm. which is, um, you know, they were Jurian's ex-lover. Right. <laughs> like, that's very important to note, considering <laughs> she's a dragon. Um, but they were friends of the inner circle. Yeah. Jurian and And now they're believed to be dead, but they actually snuck away to start a new life. Yes. And I love that. I, I want I want some prequel books about, about Miriam and Draken and Jurian. Yeah. Well, they do become very important in the later books, too. Yes. They are some helpful people. So, back to the magical object. They've got to get this magical object, the Orb of Veritas, um, from the Court of Nightmares, from mm-hmm. Moore's father, actually. Yes. Here. But she's not happy about having to visit there. No. And this is when you find out a little bit of Moore's background, mm-hmm. how her parents basically wanted to use her as breeding stock for mm-hmm. the Autumn Court because of her amazing powers. Yeah. Lots of abuse there. Lots of trauma. Ugh. I More story is so sad. It is. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. No, this scene. no, no, no. It's a very sexy scene. Um, so she and Moore get ready and essentially Moore dresses Farah in a pretty similar getup to what she had under the mountain with like the yes. the gossamer swaths that just cover the important parts. But I feel like it's very important for us to know that Reese did try to talk her out of going. Yes. And she was like, now I'm doing this. And he said, basically, well, this is the part you're going to have to play. And it's going to be very uncomfortable. Yeah. And she said, no, I'm here. I'm willing to do it. Just do whatever we need to do to, you know, do mm-hmm. this. And he's like, I don't want you to see who I have to be there. That's or how gonna... she has to be. Yeah. How does she fit into this with his... I mean, the only way she could fit into the storyline with his persona is that she would be this High Lord's plaything. Right, because that's who she was in right. the mountain. And that's who people know her as. Everybody outside of Valaris, at least. So that's who she's gotta be. She's gotta be there just like that. So they show up. And their role, like the reason that we get this amazing scene between her and Reese is that they have to be this distraction for Kier. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Reese has to go and essentially hold court for Kier and be like, you know, update me on what's going on down here. Who yeah. do I need to punish? Like, is everything going cool? Um, so Asriel and Moore can go and get the orb um, without any trouble. Feyre's in her scantily clad get up, mm-hmm. the gossamer. She's even got, like, red lipstick on. Oh, yeah. Eyeliner. She's looking good. And he plops her right on his lap. Oh, yes. He sits down on his throne, his dark, sexy throne, and he puts her right on his lap. This scene, I, I spent so much time, number one, laughing. Number two, it's incredibly sexy. Mm-hmm. And number three, also being a little horrified, but not enough to count, you know. <laughs> I was horrified for her. Because you're, yeah, you're in Fair's point of view, and she is... It's embarrassing. Really embarrassed by her own reaction. Understandably. But, but it's so funny, like, when you read back through it, and... And Kier's reaction. Oh, Kier is him just like, being horrified. He's disgusted with her, which is so sad. He's like... I think he still thinks of her as a human. And, you know, they maybe so. so disgusted with humans. The one thing that happens, like, after they're, they've been getting real sexy on the throne is that he says to her, like, you're all four. You're going to get, like, what's coming to you. And that's why... Reese gets real upset and, like, breaks all the bones in his arm. Yes, blows up. It's awful. 
And but we gotta rewind real quick. So on the thrones, <laughs> so on the throne, Reese's like hand is on her thigh and keeps inching up higher and higher. And they're really like I think they're connecting, like obviously in a physical way. But she is really into it, and he's really into it, and she's noticing that he's noticing kind of things. And then the embarrassing thing is that he encounters, like, evidence of her being turned yes. on, right? And she's like, oh, shoot. And he immediately sends a thought to her of, like, sweet thing. It's all good. It's just your body reacting. Like, it's he no is so sweet. But, like, as the reader, I was like, what? You know, like, don't dismiss it like that. I know oh, that he was trying that to make was, her feel better. Uh, that was such a sweet moment for me because was. she was embarrassed, and especially for it being under the mountain, not under the mountain, but in the Court of Nightmares, which mm-hmm. she compares to under the mountain. Yeah, well, it You know, from like his it. point of view, she's probably struggling with all kinds of flashbacks, trauma, and then she's dealing with this as well. I think that showed a lot of his character. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was really sexy, but mm-hmm. I thought this... I thought this spoke volumes for the romance that was blooming. For sure. saying, it's okay, you know, yeah. it's not a big deal. I don't think of you, <laughs> not I don't think of you like this, but. <laughs> <laughs> he do be thinking of her like But this. I totally understand and it's okay. Yeah. And you don't have to feel embarrassed and all right. that jazz. Which doesn't necessarily take away her embarrassment, but I don't know. It's maybe even a little of. Um, release of pressure, right? She's yeah. like, oh, no, like, this sends a message. And he's like, it's not. There's like, no expectation. Right, right, yeah. right. No pressure. So then, you know, he does the thing with Kier, and they eventually, like, you know, more does a wink, and she's like, I got the orb, and they can leave. Yeah. So. After all of Kier's bones in his arm have been broken. Absolutely. For threatening Pharaoh. Yes. So then they leave the Court of Nightmares, and they immediately go somewhere where they can be alone and talk, and she's mad that he responded that way to Kier. She's like, I don't need you fighting Mm -hmm. my battles. I don't need you protecting me. And he's like, no, no, no. I I don't care what you say. He did something wrong, and I will punish him for it. He's not going to talk to you that way. Mm Kind of, and and this is that moment where, I don't know if you remember this, but he says, you've got to stop comparing me to Tamlin. Yeah, I do remember that. And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't need somebody protecting me. I don't need you to get all protective. And he's he's saying, you're every single thing I'm doing, you're comparing me to him, and you've got to stop. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was that was a big moment because mm-hmm. you realize, even as the reader, you have been comparing. Oh, yeah, we've been comparing this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, give me a chance to just be me. Stop stop putting me up against someone else. Mm-hmm. And she's mad. And she says something really hurtful to him. Something like, you're just scared. Somebody will see you and leave you. And why wouldn't they? And I she don't know. Says, it's really mean. She says, like, I get why you have this facade. You're scared that people will see how broken you are. Yeah. And I was like. But she says, and they would, un- they would understandably leave you. Yeah. And it's like, why would you say that? She hurt our baby, Reese. And then you find out she's talking about herself. But still, yeah. it's definitely don't hurt my hunt. It's like projection. That. But it's a great example of how, I mean, we lash out at the people we love. Yes. Like, because of our own junk. And most of the things that we say to the people we love are just us projecting our own feelings. Like you said, we're projecting it out. Yeah. So sad. So he does a big silent treatment for a minute. Yeah, and it's. It made me a little nervous. I was yeah. like, I can't stand Reese not talking to my girl, Sacra. And she's sending the notes, the vanishing notes, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. But she keeps sending him the vanishing notes, like, talk to me. And she's kind of yelling at him, like, it's all caps. She's like, child, you're childish. <laughs> yeah. So they're mad at each other for a while. And then there's a celebration called Starfall that happens, like, annually in the court. Yes. So she has a reason to get all dressed up, and it's she, a big party. Oh, but she gets all dressed up, and she's got this beautiful dress. I give anything for that dress. Oh, like the starlight dress with the long sleeves and the, oh, it's beautiful. And she goes downstairs thinking she's going to reveal herself to Reese, and it's Cassian. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, I need Nuala and Caridwen to dress me, <laughs> oh my something gosh. like that. But speaking of Cassian, we did skip over a moment when, like, 
earlier. I think it's on the way to the Weaver. I can't skip anything with Cassian. Where it doesn't really involve Cassian, oh. but Reese is saying to Pharaoh while they fly, he was like, if you need to move on in a physical way, I'm sure Cassian would be up for it. And she goes, maybe I will. Tell him I'm in. Or something like that. You I know? remember that, yeah. That's what I was thinking um, that we missed about Cassian. But Poor Cassian. It's really not about Cassian. You know, he was just picking at Farah, I think. And I, he was, that was bailing her out a little bit. I think so. But Farah was not having it. She was like, all right, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So, and she knew in that moment that she made him a little jealous. Well, and that's another thing she kind of throws back at in his face after he says the thing about Tarquin. She's like, you keep trying to push me to all these people, like Cassian and then Tarquin. You know, she kind of she kind of calls him out for that. Yeah. Which I think a lot of that is he's just trying to see where she's at in her... Oh, yeah. I think Reese is a little bit insecure this whole time. Oh, too. Yeah. I, oh, you know me and my memes. <laughs> I saw a meme. It was it was like the entire plot of A Court of Mist and Fury summed up. And it said, Reese flirts with Feyre. And then it was like, Feyre flirts back. And then Reese was like, I didn't expect this. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I saw I another like, one that was like, they've been married for 500 years. And then he's like, hey, Feyre, do you like me? And she's like, Reese, we've been married for 500 years. But like, like, like me, and she's like, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. So, anyways, they're at Starfall, and I think they kind of sneak away to go upstairs. Um, just, I think they need a little heart to heart. They go out on a balcony. balcony, and they start having you know a good combo. But essentially, like after all of the, you know, I'm sorry for this, and you know that they get splattered with like the, the star goose. The souls, and um, it's a funny situation to them, I guess, but that is a soul that is splattered on your oh, face. Let's not think about that. But um, Farrah smiles at him, and he was like, Do you It takes his breath away. And also, it something gets on his hand, and she starts like making designs in yeah, it, and she, she realizes she paints for the first time. Mm. And... And then the smile and, oh, the do it again, like you yeah. just said. That just do it again. stole she my was heart. Like, what? Smile. <gasps> and he was like, this is the first time you smile for me. Or I can't remember what it says. Oh, my for goodness. I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. But she, I think she kisses him on the cheek again. Yeah. And then they go downstairs and they dance with well, She asked him, she's like, will you dance with me? And he's like, yeah, all night. And she's like, I want to go down there with your friends. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, oh, that's so sweet. But then at Such the end a of the night, moment. he takes her back to her room and there's this like tension and she's like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and and she just, thinks that he's going to come to her room. She and does wait up. But he kisses her on the brow. So they're exchanging all of these, like, nice so and, like, sweet, sweet moments. So, like, things like are sugary goodness. Yeah. Things are heating up. And they have been through their first fight, essentially. I mean, they're not dating or anything right now, but they have had, like, an upset and they've reconciled. So that's a big step. Yes. So then... They, the next day, that's when they're going to wait out everything at the Illyrian war camps, mm-hmm. right? And to mm-hmm. see what's going on. This is when this is when they meet Devlin, the Illyrian general, Gross. who Gross. everybody hates. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Reese has commanded that the girls be trained. Yeah. So they're the like, Illyrian where's the girls body. at? Hmm? Where's the training? And they're like, oh, they're doing They're chores. doing dishes. Yeah. He's like, no, training first, chores later. Mm-hmm. Love that. Sand. And this is also when they meet Devlin. This is one of my favorite quotes in the whole book, and I don't have it written down or anything, so I'll paraphrase. But he's like, This is Pharaoh. She's mine. If you touch her, you will be, your head will be cut off. You'll do da 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 all these You're things. Beat up You're going to be beat up. You're going to be killed. Da-da-da. Not killed yet. And he's like, And then when Pharaoh's done with you, I will kill you. And you're like, he was talking about Feyre doing that stuff. Like, oh, I love it. Oh, it's so intense and it's so So good. good. And how amazing for him to introduce her to people like that, right? Yes. Like, 
I mean, I get that, like, you have this man who's giving power to this woman or whatever. So, I mean, people might say that, but she doesn't have a voice or a reputation right yeah. here. So, he's using this monumental moment to say, this is Pharaoh. She can whoop your butt. Yes. I'm going to let her whoop She doesn't butt. need my protection. Right. She has it, but she doesn't need it. Yes. And this is also the first time that he claims her, mm-hmm. like puts some kind of claim on her. He says, she's mine. And she does not freak out. Mm-mm. She's like, oh, I kind of like that. I kind of like it. I kind of yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're still like going away to train together with the magics. Yeah. Um, and one day while they're out training, Lucian appears. <gasps> and he is advancing towards her being like, Farah, I'm so glad we found you. Yeah. And she, like, is backing away from him, and, you know, she has this point of realization where he's, like, she's, like, he's trying to whittle me away. Yeah. Like, if he touches me, we're gone. I know we hate Lucian in this moment, but I just love Lucian. So, I was kind of glad baby. to see him. Me too. And I do think it's important to point out, like, from Camlin and Lucian's point of view, she could not be okay. You know, like, she could be brainwashed or yeah. being a robot. Um, I don't want to know. Here, here's... Here's my issue. There's always going to be one. Mm-hmm. Why did Lucian find her, but not Tamlin? Why wasn't Tamlin out looking for her? Hmm. Good question. Because I'm just, I, here we are again, comparing. Shouldn't do that, but here we are, you know. Why, well, I, the quote I was going to use is not till after this. So after we talk about Lucian and this, remind me to come back to my and then we'll talk about that. Okay. But Lucian's like trying to winnow her away, like mm-hmm. you said, and she's kind of like backing up and running, yeah. and she winnows the she first win- time. Oh, that's right, she does winnow, and she she summons Illyrian wings. Yes, that's after Reese shows up, or is it before? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Reese shows up, and mm-hmm. he's like Lucian. He's like taunting him, <laughs> and Lucian's basically Lucian basically says. You've got to come back because Tamlin's going nuts. Yeah. And I can't handle it. And I'm like, it's not, not even about her. problem. Yes. And he's saying, I know things got bad. We're going to work on it. You know. But it's not even about her. It's it's about Tamlin. It's still yeah. about Tamlin. And she just has this, like, real bad A moment where she's like, when you spend so much time in the darkness, the darkness starts to stare back. Yes. Talk back. Yes. Or something along those lines. And I'm like. And she's got the wings, the yeah. Illyrian wings. She, and Lucian is Ooh. like, who is this woman? And I, I don't remember really how he leaves, but essentially he leaves. Yeah. He, it, well, she says, if you come back, I'll kill you. She's like, this is my territory. If you come back, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to leave. I'm slightly attracted to you, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> Oh, man, Reese is thinking the same thing. Yeah. So, then she looks at Reese. Oh, did you? But, well, I was just going to say, it is stated in that moment, I know you and I have talked about that before, that we think that this is the interaction that spurred them to join with Hybern. Yeah. And this might have, could have all been avoided had this not happened, but it's clearly stated from Fair's point of view that she did this to protect Valaris. To protect um, the legacy yeah. that they had hidden, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, they that Lucian had to believe that she'd gone to the dark side so that he wouldn't figure out that there was good in the night court. Mm. So, kind of mm, one of yeah. those bittersweet moments. But this is the time when, you know, essentially Lucian goes back and he's like, uh, she gone, the girl you loved is no longer a thing and we need to, we need to, like, basically team up to get yeah. her back. She's brainwashed, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, ugh. But then they have this sweet moment where Reese is like, wow, you're amazing, you know? And so they're kind of bantering and practicing, and she, like, is feeling herself. Like, she's feeling so good about her abilities and strength, and she, like, giggles and looks at Reese and is like, she sees this beautiful scene with him and his sword um, yeah. wings out, and she just, like, goes up to him, and I think she puts her hand on his chest and is oh. like, I want to paint you. Yeah. He's like, Preferably nude. Yeah. 
I love of it. I love the resand comments. Yeah, he has to be snarky. I, I live for the snarky comments. So when I was talking about earlier, the comparison, comparing Tamlin, I said, why wasn't Tamlin out? Why mm-hmm. didn't Tamlin find her? There's a little conversation that happens during that, what you were talking about, that she wants to paint him. And it was basically, she said, what would you have done if, if I'd have gone with him? And he says, well, I'd have let you go, you know. And she says, well, what would you have done if you'd have grabbed me? And he says, I would have torn apart the world to get you back. Uh, and it's, I'm on yeah, the floor. I know, I know. But, you know, and, and we kind of see this a little bit with Tamlin, but he never does anything himself, it feels like. Or he's never available. Or there's always something more pressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just have to, it, it feels like Lucian is always the one stepping in for Tamlin. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons in the first book I was shipping Lucian and Feyre way harder than Tamlin and Feyre. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's a different, whole different subject. But I liked Lucian too. I was like, why is that in this thing you're I know! <laughs> I know! Or I kind of thought I was going to be like a love triangle at first. But yeah, it's not, sadly. I do love mm. Lucian. I think he deserves the world. But, so, they had come out really far this time to, to train, and they had planned to, like, stay overnight. Yeah, and they can't use magic, because somebody's tracking Reese's magic. Right. So, instead of flying all the way back, they had planned to just train all day and stay at this end, and then train all day tomorrow. Yeah. So, they go to the end. <laughs> Guess what? It's a one-bed trope! Yes, I live for the one-bed trope. I don't care what it is. I don't care how many times it's used in a book. I'm a sucker for it. It's like they're going to this hotel, and you're like, please, one bed. There's got to be just (laughs) one room. Let there only be one room. (laughs) Let there only be one bed. One room at the end. So it's like the attic room, too. It's a teeny, tiny little place. Oh, yeah. They talk about how there's only room for the bed. Like, yeah, that's it. The whole thing, and it has like the A frame, so you have to kind of duck you know, to get on the bed. So. I'm also a sucker for the trope where and it's this one where their clothes are wet and they oh, have to basically yes. have to <laughs> take, take their off, clothes off, take off the <laughs> wet clothes and get warm. Although I think they dry them somehow in this situation. Maybe they don't. I don't well, think, I think but. Reese like gives like magic. No, he can't. He can't use magic. Well, I think like. There's some kind of clothes that she puts on. I don't remember. What? I think he gives her, like, some PJs. They, yes, he packed. He, had, he packed PJs. That's right. So, so they get like, in. Here are some of my clothes that she you can wear. changes clothes while he gets food. And he brings the food back up. And then they're just chatting. And while they're eating. And eating I think they food, have some wine. Drinking their wine. And just chatting. And then when it's time to go to bed, she's, like, in bed shivering. Like, like they're on their respective I love that sides. trope, too. And she's like. And then he's like, um, uh, body heat question mark? <laughs> and, and she's like, um, I guess. Yes. And he's like, no expectations, I promise. So he wraps his Illyrian wings around her and it gets so toasty. And it's so good. And you're like, and she kind of like backs up, you know. As oh, yeah. Spooning. Scoots up against him. A little yeah. spoon action. And he's like resting his hand on her tummy. Aww. He starts making circles on her belly, and she's into it, right? So he's getting all these responses from her. And so he gets a little south, and it's going good, and she's really liking it. And like, she's like, "I'm a, let's do it all." Yes. So he's she like, reaches no. back, and he's like, "No, none of that." He said, "That's not happening." Hands to yourself. That's right. This is a you moment. And he says that he's like, "What do you want, Vera?" And she hesitates, and he's. I think this is the moment where he's dying to hear her say, like, I want you. Yeah. And she goes, I want fun. I want distraction. And the whole SJM fandom collectively went. Just flipped their table. Oh, my God. What are you doing? (laughs) We were like, no. So Just give him one inch. He has, like, given you all these indications that Mm. at, at one point in the book he even says, am I supposed to deny that I find you attractive? Like, yeah. He's getting. And she's, oh, mm. I can't even complete a thought because I'm so, I can feel my frustration the first time I read this. But he's like, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And so he does it up real good. And he's, I, th- I think what he actually says is that it's not going to happen here for us. Like, yeah. I want things to be a lot different the first time we do it. 
And so he admits to, like, wanting her. Yeah. But I also think in the back of his mind, he was thinking, I really don't want to give that over. To give that over mm-hmm. until it's real. Mm-hmm. For you. I think that says a lot about his character. Which, you know, he's been through a lot of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, Amarantha pretty much used him. So, yeah. I'm sure you know, sex is like a big deal for him. Especially a love kind of situation. Yeah. So, he doesn't necessarily want to feel used. But, yeah. He gives her an amazing orgasm or two, and it's a real good night. And they and she says that she sleeps really well. She sleeps for the first time without nightmares. Mm. It says that in the book, and it and it's curled up in his arms and so gushy, sugary, sweet. I can't take it. I love it. <sighs> I love it. It's like a little fantasy Hallmark moment. Mm. So this is what we all needed after Under the Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> We were like, we need some action. Yes. And it's just, it's sweet. It's just so sweet. You know, it's the whole relationship being built on friendship and everything. It's just, it's just really sweet. It's spicy too, but it's sweet. Super spicy now. But it's, I think that one important thing is he gives her so much space to grow. Like the whole point is her healing. He like waits for her to reach out to him. And yeah. that's when he, like, gets close is mm-hmm. when she's had the space that she needs. Because mm-hmm. I, I think you can give too much space as well. Because if you want to think about it, Tamlin gives a little too much space in some ways. Well, he's also, this is not a, a like, slow burn where it's, like, nothing and then everything. It's yeah. like, he's made his intentions clear the whole time. He flirts with her. You know what I mean? Like, just like yeah. you said, he's attracted to her. He lets her know that. So he's giving his truth, too. But he is also waiting for yeah. her to initiate. I love that. That's so sweet. So the next day, they're super happy. They're flying through the air. Um, and he gets attacked. And he gets shot with ash arrows. This ash arrows from the one. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, shredded through shot. And he falls out of the sky. His wings. They're in his wings. Yeah. And they have a poison. They do something. He does something to protect Pharaoh, though. So she ends up getting blasted away. Throws her. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets taken by Hybrid. And he can't walk. And he's unconscious. Mm -hmm. And she is like. She freaks out. She does. She flips out. And I remember during this part, it wasn't. It was not even a matter of, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I can't believe this happened. It was, they took him from me. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was very clearly the thought. They took him from me. I can't believe they took him from me. And that I think that's a that's a definite shift, you know, from I'm worried about my safety, I'm worried about his safety. No, they separated us. How mm-hmm. dare they? Yeah. And that's kind of where you I feel like you start to really see she has the changed. mating bond. Yeah, she's changed her mind about them. Yeah. Over like over that night. When you start to see those Fey instincts take over. Yeah. You know, that's more of a possessive, mm-hmm. um, not in a bad way. Possessive is kind of a negative word. Well, she's connected with him. Yes. Even though it's not a mating bond, it's this kind of the same feel as the inner circle. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... it's He's hers. They're my family. Yes. Yeah. This is my Whether family. Whether it's romantic or not, it's I've claimed mine. them. They've claimed me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely a shift, for sure. And she gets all, like, she goes, like, night mode with her eyes and she's winnowing tree to tree and she just like hones in on all this training that she's started to build to like find Reese. I think this is the first time I know for me I was like whoa they were just bad. Mm -hmm. They was a baddie. She's a boss. Like she's bossing around Mm -hmm. like whoa get it girl. And it took this motivation to do it. And she gets to this like fork in the road and they have taken him one way, and they've taken his clothes the other way. And she's like, like oh, I'm going to throw off her scent. <laughs> yeah, and she finds him because she smells herself <sighs> on him, <gasps> which is kind of weird, but also really sweet at the same time. So she follows that one, and she finds them. And, I mean, she just goes ballistic and kills all those soldiers, yep. like winnowing around, cutting their throats. Slash, sling, stab. Yeah. It's, it's intense. It is intense. And you're just still like, where did this come from? And then you think, well, my goodness, she's been training with Cassian for yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks. This is where this has come from. And then she, like, hauls Reese up and, like, just carries him to this cave. 
And she's like yeah, so strong. And so she like lays him down and tries she, like, to like widows him. Yes. And so then she's trying to like first aid him and she's like, I don't know what to do. She realizes that it's like a poison. Yes. He's super I sick. forgot about and, that. Like, kind of, I don't remember if it's like paralyzed symptoms or just really sick symptoms. But she just, realizes like he's dying. Well, and she sits there. Let's not skim over the fact that she sits there and saws off every um every tip of the arrow and pulls it out of his wings. Like Ugh. that's a woman right there. Yikes. So much oh. blood. And he's just like pretty much unconscious. Yeah, he's really out. And but then, she can tell he has favor mm-hmm. and she can tell that the wounds aren't clotting. I think that's how she figures out mm-hmm. about the, the poison. poison because the wounds just aren't they're not close enough. They're not yeah. clotting and he's fake, so they should be doing that. So what does she do? She go she gotta find her friend Suriel. Suri. She's like, I need some info. Who can I go? I'm gonna Google up Suriel. <laughs> yeah, the Suriel is like Prithian's version of Google. Yeah, he's like, you need to know something? Go get him. Or like the Godfather. <laughs> has all the answers to everything. Mm. So she gets him. I think she has a she has a cloak this time, right? Though. Yeah, she. You know, she <laughs> learned by the last time. We don't need the dead chicken. Mm-hmm. So she has the cloak, and she she gets info from him, and he starts spilling the tea. Oh, yeah. So she's like, I need to know how to fix him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you could just, like, feed him your blood. Mm-hmm. Which this well, is like, says the is this becoming a vampire novel? <laughs> I was like, vampires. Vampires. <laughs> All of the fantasy readers were like, are vampires? <laughs> are vampires coming into this? Um. But apparently she has healing powers from the Dawn Court, or the Day Court. I can't remember which one. I think it's Dawn. And so that will... And he's like, you have to save your mate. And she's like, uh... Well, she's like, oh, he's like, oh, if you want to speed it up, you can go get this flower and give it to your mate and it'll help. And she's like, okay, yeah, flower, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, hold on. It's like, she like stores in her brain, okay, I need this flower. But what did you just say? My mate? Mate, yes, and he's like, You didn't know the High Lord of the Night Court is your mate, and she flips her lid. Surreal gets so excited, he's like, Oh, this is some tea! Like, yes. he has this information, and he didn't tell you this whole time. What I really like, I have this whole you know, I told you I wanted a, a prequel about Miriam and Dragon. Mm-hmm. I want a whole book from the Surreal's point of view, I want to know. Like, where Suri's getting the tea. Right. And I want to, I, I, I feel like he just hit out for days and he's like, I'm going to plan this. I'm going to plan this. I got to tell her. I got to tell her. And he's like, I'm going to conveniently be in this area yeah. when <laughs> yeah. she is looking for some info. Yeah. And he's like, I know she doesn't know, so I'm just, I'm going to drop it, see if she catches it. Right. I'm going to see, I'm going to see if she catches it. Oh my God. Which so I... Then- Wait, what? I was just going to say, I remember reading this for the first time, and I was like, oh, really? And I really, I felt like Feyre in that moment, because I was like, oh, yeah, we got to get this up. Mate! Oh, my God. What? I was what? shook, too. But I was so excited, you know, because I kind of had an idea. I was like, See, you had an idea. I had no idea. Like, well, you I did. think I'd even forgotten about the mating bond. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because this is the first time you really... Well, they just, like, just mentioned in passing. The bond, like, they just had so many connections, you know? And, like, but I always chalked it up to the bargain. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, the bargain lets them talk to each other. The bargain this, the bargain that. No. They're mates. They're mates. Like, husband, wife times five plus fantasy. <laughs> plus the bloods, the healing bloods. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, I was like, what? But I just, I just picture the surreal. I just love the surreal. He's amazing. So then she gets all like angry nursemaid and like stomps back to the cave and is like, "Here, take my freaking blood and here's Chew some these flowers. flowers." And I can't believe you didn't tell me. And he's really sick, but I think he responds. He's like, "I wanted to tell you." He's like so sick he can't talk. So he like starts chewing the flowers faster. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ugh. Yeah. So they, she's a real angry, and yeah, she like winnows them. Back to the Illyrian camp and pretty much dumps him in the mud. Well, let's not forget. Sorry, I should have added this in earlier before we moved on. But, you know, Suri was the one that was like, stay with the High Lord Mm -hmm. and wait to see it all righted 
in book one. That's right. And in book one, I think we talked about this in one of the first episodes, but you assume he's talking about Tamlin. But I think he mentions, I, I told you to stay with the High Lord. Right. And she's like, I didn't know which one you were talking about. You're very cryptic. <laughs> That's so, right. And he's like, you're you the info, though. I saw a and, TikTok where she was like, but you, but it's so cryptic. And he's like, do you want my tea or not? And she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it. <laughs> I want it. But it's like more info. He's yeah. like, no. <laughs> and he, she even says, how, how can we be mates? And. He says, are you not equals in power? Are you not equally matched? And you're like, Because uh, let's not forget, he is the most powerful, powerful High Lord. Lord. And to draw from an analogy from our first episode, he has the most brownie batter. He has the most power of all the High Lords. Yeah. And she is a combination of all the High Lords put together. So, I mean, they're She's pretty She's got crazy power, too. Yeah. He's got so much power that at one point in the books, it mentions he, like, alters his clothing to kind of take the edge off. You know, he, like... Yeah, he has to he, siphon off yeah, some power. So he, like, makes his clothing to fit around wings and stuff. I'm just picturing, like, fashion designer Resan working magic on his clothing, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's like, how does this work with the wings or whatever? Because I think he's putting on a shirt yeah. later, and she's like, how does that work? And he's so like, takes the edge off. Magic. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh. Well, so I think good. we have to stop here, but we'll pick up. What a great place to stop. Yeah, this is a really good place. So she drops him in the mud, yeah. and that's that's where we're in, and we'll pick up like she's a real big anger. Yes. Okay. So, Tori, what are you inviting in lately? I'm inviting in some books that I've already read. I've never been a big rereader, mm-hmm. but like. Like the last couple of months, I've been picking up books off my shelf and rereading them and just loving it, catching things that I've never caught before. Um, Akatar is one of those books. You know, I reread through some of these. I think I reread through the first one for the first podcast, and it was so good that I just went ahead and reread all of them again. And mm-hmm. um, I think I forget how. It's like I read a book and I get obsessed and it's so good and then I put it on my shelf and I don't think, oh, I can pick that up again and it'll be just as good. Hmm. So I've been doing a lot of, uh, it's good for saving money. That's right. <laughs> so inviting in things that I've already read and seeing if I can get a new perspective and catching something different in them. Yeah. And just getting all those same good feels. Oh, yeah, I love the feels. Hmm. What are you inviting in right now? Well, I recently took a trip to Trader Joe's. Oh, <laughs> I love Trader Joe's. It's so good. And, of course, they had all the fall things out because it's September. And um, they had this really amazing spiced cider. Yum. Which I'm a big fan of an apple cider. And this one is a spiced apple cider. And I just warm it up and I add a little something, something to it. And it's really good. It's so, so tasty. Delicious. So I'm, I'm actually, inviting that goodness in. I've had that. You should try mixing in a little, like, caramel into it. It's really Ooh. yummy. you got to get some extra sugar with all that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sugary stuff in there already. Yes. Yeah, so that's good. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good.